Hello, journal. It's been a minute since I last wrote in you. Well, you see, the past few days have been crazy from psycho grandmas to jazz rats to apocalyptic situations. But, but I'm getting ahead of myself. It all started when we entered the town of Dilmore. Uh, okay, the stagecoach makes it to the city gate and stops under a large stone archway. You hear the coach driver outside talk to a guard, stating his business, and mentions that his passengers, and gives a brief description of you three. So you hear the stagecoach driver, he's talking to the uh, guard, he goes, Oh, hey there, Red, we got a packed one here today, quite the weird bunch. Uh, we got one of them biggins back there, and a red cow fella, a red fella and a cow. Yep, it's, uh, it's them boys from Gilo. Yep, here you go, and he hands a bunch of paperwork. The guard walks over, over to the side of the coach and knocks on the door and then opens it. In pops in a helmed red guard member. Guard is wearing like a steel skull cap, painted red. Underneath the helm is a longish face with a long hooked droopy nose with a messy five o'clock shadow that's been growing over the last two days. He has heavy bags under his eyes. He leers over at the three of you and he looks like he just wants no part of this. Hello. It's because we uh, smell, hello right? Hello there, sir. Is, is it? Do we you smell that smell bad? Quite, you we definitely smell, smell. Quite bad. <laughs> uh, he's like kind of plugging his nose. He goes, hold on, hold on. I have been bathing daily. Thank you very much. Hold on. Hold on. He comes out. He has little corks. He comes back in. He has like corks in his nose. He's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, people often smell as they come through here. Um, he takes out a pad. He gets a quill. Like say, starts writing down. He goes, all right, um, what are your names? Uh, Minis Pebblewalker of the Ivory yeah, Boulders. Right. I was going to write down Minis. Minis. You probably heard of me. Soon to be king. <laughs> he gives you a, he just looks over at you, raises an eyebrow, goes, mm, I'm going to write down Minis Pebblewalk. Okay. Shorthand here. Uh, he looks over at uh, you, Armos. Armos Vannon. Armos Vannon. Maybe Regal. Uh, looks at the, looks at you. What's your name, big fella? My name? It's uh, David. Reginald goes, since when? <laughs> Give me the second check. Uh, I'm not expecting that. Uh, <laughs> fuck. It's an eight. Not bad. He goes to write down David, and he catches himself. He puts down the uh, pen in his paper, and he rubs his eyes uh, in between his eyes with his two fingers. He goes, listen, 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 listen. Biggin, you're new here. Probably never been here before, so I'm going to give you one last chance. Okay. <laughs> Tell me your name. I know your big ass is named Dave. Okay. Oh yeah, we were drinking a lot last night, so he oh, <laughs> he's yeah. having a bad morning. You're close. Oh yeah, sorry. That's my drunk alter <laughs> ego. That sometimes I just forget, you know. So please, it's uh, it's it's Drell. It's Drell. Okay. All right. He picks his pen back up. He goes Drell, A.K.A. David. You got a last name, Drell, A.K.A. David? Um. No, not really. Just Drell of the Ashborn, pretty much. It's what people. People call us, you know. The Ashborn. Great, thank you. Uh, <laughs> signs off on that. He goes, all right, state your business. Just traveling. Traveling through. Tra traveling through. Where, where are you going? Aramore? Uh, we're going to take a shower or a bath, you know, yeah, one of those. That's that's the main thing we're looking for. Okay. Yeah, we're on our way to the Kambuki Isles and uh, got a little, you know, uh, rough Ooh. on the road. So we really just need a place to stay. You see his eyebrows raise a little bit when you when you say Kambuki. I was like, oh, well, export. Okay, 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 okay. Different. Okay. Uh, you plan on selling a? We're on vacation. Oh, <laughs> that 
seems nice. I, I, I never I, heard of that before. I quickly give Armos a nudge to like shut the fuck up. <laughs> he goes on vacation. Would you give Armos a nudge? He oh, say that again. Yeah, Menace. <laughs> I give Menace a. <laughs> Armos gives Menace a, a nudge to tell him to shut the fuck up. On he starts scribbling it on vacation. <sighs> Must be nice. Like yeah, it's those. spring break. <laughs> summer, summer. <laughs> it's our spring it's break, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you plan on selling, trading, a vendor? Are you a vendor? You traveling on behalf of a merchant? You got any merchandise? I'm assuming no. No, we're just excited to see the city. Never been here before. Standard protocol, you understand. Okay. Uh, are you staying longer than a fortnight? Uh, Drell, what does that mean? Sure. Mm hmm. Armos, what's know. Fortnite mean? I, I don't know. Armos. I think it. I, th I think it's some kind of game, right? It's like <laughs> four days, game. I think. Chess I, game, I, I right? Don't know. Is this is this a colloquial lizer? Uh, what is what is a fortnight, sir? It's about half a full moon's passing. So it's like a week. I don't I don't really know how this works. I don't. It's two weeks. Two two weeks. Two. Minutes is counting on his hooves. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to go ahead and say yes. Yes. Sure. Yes. Chalk is down is maybe. Sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> Making this process a lot harder than it needs to be. I'm just letting you guys know. Okay. Well, you're using weird words. I don't know. <laughs> Why didn't you just ask us if we were going to stay for two weeks? Why don't you just say how many days? You'd have to go and say fourth night. He rubs his eyes again. He's like scratching underneath his head on the skull cap and he's like clearly sweaty. It's all red because he hasn't taken it off for hours. Let's have a deep cycle. All right. All right. You need to learn some rules here before you go in. The rules before you enter. Dillmore is overseen and protected by the Red Guard in collaboration with the Dillmore City Guard. All weapons must be bound at all times. Larger weapons must be stored in a safe place at all times, unless you have a permit or are leaving the city. All violations of the city will be handled by the city council, meeting judged, juried, and resolution within ye city. If ye understand, ye may proceed. Ye understands. Uh I also ye understand. I give him a nod. I need you to verbally say it, Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> ye all have a good day. He shuts the door. He walks over to his guard post, puts the book down. Uh, as the stagecoach starts driving, you're able to get like a glimpse in, and he's like just leaning over it, just rubbing his temples. He's like, oh. As I pass, can I throw him a picture I drew of him like in a paper airplane form? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go, hey, oh. th thanks for being real nice to us. We'll see you later. What's your name? And I throw the little paper airplane. <laughs> he just mumbles something as you pass before he goes, um, what was that? <laughs> before you're able to hear it. <laughs> the crowd noises eat up his name. Uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion check real quick. Sure. That's a nat pumpkin. <laughs> a nat pumpkin is a net 20. Net 20. <laughs> <laughs> I use pumpkin dice. You, look, you see, uh, right before he fades from the distance, uh, he unfolds the paper airplane. He stretches it out on his desk, and it looks like he's about to hang it up before he cuts from your view. So we made it through the gates. Easy peasy. They did tell us we had to conceal our weapons, which was kind of new to me. You know, I'm used to just having it out and about, free-flowing in the tribe. But while Armos stayed back at the inn to get some information, Drell and I went shopping and finally had, I think, our first ever heart-to-heart. Gonna look at Menace and go, uh, so I was gonna look for, you know, some health potions or maybe like some armor, but at this point I I, I need to save this gold for food. Yeah, I have I mean, uh I don't have 
I have four gold pieces yeah. left. I need so, at least a few <laughs> ales before we leave, so. I was thinking the same thing, buddy. And then I th I like to think that Drell and I kind of like stand really awkwardly while we wait for uh, Armos because we told him we'd wait, we'd wait here. <laughs> like, so, uh, how's the weather in the mountains? You guys sit there with your, your, your bundles of weapons and yeah, just, I'm still holding it like, in my arms. awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what, what's mountain weather like? Oh, well, I'm from the mountains. It's probably the same. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got a girlfriend? it's good, sometimes it's bad. <laughs> how's the love life? You, you got like a... A girlfriend back home or oh no you know just nothing's really worked out you know i'm just kind of like rocking back and forth waiting like it's like super awkward like we <laughs> we expect it to be so much more but it's like we just don't have the money to do it so we're just gonna kind of just stand around and wait <laughs> so <laughs> we've never had a heart the two yeah you, the two of us have never had a heart to heart yet so go for it go for it it's like Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, what's you? your dad like? Uh, I don't know. Dad, what about yours? <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, alive. I mean, oh, that's uh, cool. a king. <laughs> Makes sorry, one of us, right? <laughs> dude, I, I'm sorry. I don't get out a lot. Oh, I'm not no, it's cool. I'm not really so good at this like a yet. king or something? Yeah, yeah. He's the chieftain of our tribe. So, uh, you know, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to be the leader, but he kind of... Guys, hey. offered up that position. To, <laughs> hey, Armos! Hey, oh, hey! Sweat going down my brow. <laughs> why? Hey, good to see you, man. Why do you guys look so? What, what's what's going on? You guys look so happy to see me. This is a first. What's going on here? Oh, you know, oh, no, no, we're, we're just, just having a back. Uh, you go first. Yeah, you go first. Uh, so yeah, journal. I don't really remember the exact words that were exchanged, but I'm pretty sure it was a very touching heart to heart with me and Drell. We kept on walking though, and ended up following some red guards that were hassling this homeless man named Old Henry. You guys yeah. want to follow? I think I think we follow him. Yeah. Everyone, so give me a stealth okay. check as you try to blend in with the crowd. And oh. uh, nineteen. I got a nat one. <laughs> okay, at least I didn't do that. I, Off to a good start. I got a five. <laughs> you guys telling these guards down the street. Uh, as they're dragging this old guy back and as you guys are walking deeper into the Red Spring District towards the knots, you start noticing that the buildings um, look a lot more worn down, less taken care of here. The businesses start to turn into like normal houses um, and the houses look like they're separated by like, floors. Like there are houses on top of houses here, kind of like an apartment. And then you see a sign that says the knots and it's pointing south. Um, and eventually you see a kind of like not like a you see like a gate as like a dividing line but the gate is like a normal iron gate it's not closed off it just says the knots on it um and the houses start to look way more worn down getting progressively work as getting progressively worse uh the more you go uh as you're following the guards dragging the old man he's saying things like the dawn brings red his return is soon and he will come back for what is there. Oh, look at the red fella. Look at the red fella. He's pointing at Armos with his foot uh, as he's being dragged away by the guards. He goes, look, look at the red fella. <laughs> That's what the Todd is going to bring. Everyone's going to look like that. Uh, the guards turn around um, and look at Armos and they notice him. Um, and then they kind of, the guards kind of look at each other and then look at him and then look at you. Uh, and one of them shouts over, goes, hey, hey, you, what are you doing over there? And they kind of drop him 
like without caring. Um, and they, the two guards now approach you, almost. Um, with a 19 on Menace, you were kind of like out of the way. Maybe you were like across the street. They didn't notice you. Uh, Drell, you were further back from Armos. I'm like T-posed up against a wall with my hood. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, just like seeing still like they can't fucking see me. Um, but like obviously I'm like right there. So you, they see you, but they're approaching Armos because he was pointed out by the crazy old guy. Um, as they drop him, he scraggles back to his feet and he runs into the knots and he flares his, um, he flares his robe like a cave. He goes, free guy. And he runs off into the distance until he's out of view. The two guards walk over to Armos. They go, whoa, what, you following us? You following us? And they get really close to you, Armos. Yeah. As they're doing that, can I tail because I pass? Could I tail uh, Henry? Absolutely. Minus gives me a look like he's about to go. Yeah. And nod at him. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I just I finger gun and I'm like <laughs> So with a night so with the nineteen keeping that same cell check, you definitely get past the guards because um they're focused on Armos. Mm -hmm. And you slip past and you kinda walk through um out of their view. Well, I won't exhaust you with all the boring details, but basically I snuck ahead, caught up to this old Henry guy, and well he told me uh Nothing very important, actually. He just said stuff like the the streets will bleed red and and blood will be on the streets and all kinds of weird, crazy stuff like that. I went back to my friends and we took care of business with those red guards. People clapped. It was a whole thing. I'm pretty sure I was the one that took care of them. Uh, maybe Drell helped a little. Uh, who's to say? But after a little more sightseeing, we decided to go back to the inn and celebrate our recent victory over those dumb red guards. A victory that was short-lived, I should say. Wow, we got a party here! And they're all banging on the table, and they uh, raise their glasses again, and they all start drinking. You guys take a swig of your drinks. Uh, Monsoon reaches over and goes, Oh, we got the food here! Uh, Terry, Bill, and Nilda are like, Ah, <laughs> you guys gotta grab the food! And they're yelling over at you. Um, are you guys gonna go grab it? Uh, Menace, you got the food, right? Okay, come on, Sid. Sid Junior One, Sid Junior Two. Should I bring all the Sids over to get the food? Uh, so yeah, you walk over to the bar, and Monster's like laying out all these foods. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he keeps turning around. People are cheering in the background. He goes, "All right, I got three loggies. Uh, here's some breadsticks. Oh, we got the artichoke dip." And you're like getting stacked, like more and more food on you. You grab the rest of the drinks, and menace to you, everything suddenly goes silent. Everything is still happening, but you don't hear anything. You see the bard, but you hear no sound. You hold the drinks, but you do not feel the weight of them. You see the bar, delicious hot food that you have in your hand, but you don't smell it. You look downward, your eyes widen. A large blade is skewered through the, your back with its tip punctured through the front of your belly. You see drops of your own blood drip from the sharp blade as it tips through and pierces through the fat of your stomach going doing a clean cut all the way through. The blood spills all over the floor. You feel your shoulder pull back, and you are leaned, and somebody whispers into your ear, Edelram senses regard. Gosh, you think you're bestest friends with someone, and then they literally send someone to stab you in the back. What a jerk. I made it out of that situation okay, though. 
Because you see, with one friend out the door, another one comes to the rescue. This halfling Hugh saved me at the bar, got me back to his hideout, and patched me up good. You see, this is where we met the shadow smugglers. Sitting around you are two halflings. There's a gnome, there's an owlin, and then there's a dwarf. The dwarf then speaks up again. She goes, the name's Jubes. And who you fellows might be. I think you already know who we are. Just like to confirm, keep it friendly, you know, making sure we're dealing with the kind sorts. Uh, do they know our names? It's kind of implied that they know who we are. Well, they know us. They don't, don't necessarily know our They names. know who to look out for, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. The, what kind? We have bloodstones for you. You know what I mean? We just did this epic-ass quest and these people are going to interrogate us? Like, what? When you say bloodstones... No, he doesn't actually no, say I'm that. I'm just saying. He I'm doesn't just... actually fucking say that. What he says is his name is Armos, and I say <laughs> my name is... Uh, he starts to say that, and Drill kicks him in the shin. <laughs> Disappointed. I'm like, Armos. <laughs> Let's just raise my hand. Menace is sleeping in the chair. <laughs> yeah, um, Drill go, this is Menace, and I'll pat him on the shoulder, and I'll go, and I'm, I'm Drill. Menace. Uh, yeah, what? In, all, in certain circumstances, I'd ask you to uh, prove it. But given the fact that this uh, ragtag group of individuals stand before us, I mean, there's without a doubt that you are who you say you are. I just had to make sure you knew who you were before continuing this conversation. Yeah, have you seen another tiny little minotaur like me before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Alan speaks up, doesn't directly look at you, just like looks in your general direction. He goes, once in a dream. What? Uh, just, a, a spooky breeze blows in the background. <laughs> like Joel, like puts his hand up, like to hide his mouth, and he looks at Armos and goes, "Weirdo!" Like he like mouths it. Yeah, I love that. Like Dan's character is literally like laying in the chair, and he just sticks his hand up to talk, even though no one can see him. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like menace. So everyone here is a dwarf or smaller. Minus actually looks like the only normal thing. Oh, uh, yeah, because everyone's small. My people. Uh, <laughs> I'm still eyeing this owl down. She goes, just one more thing before we cut. Before we, listen, just so, you know, there's certain things we need to ask before we can get friendly with everybody. Now, I just need to know who sent you here. Oh, our boy Duncan. All right. Uh <laughs> Claps <laughs> and raises her arms and be like, that's what I want to hear. Her uh, serious demeanor then turns into a jubilant uproar, and the guys all start laughing, with the exception of one. Uh the hood the halfling that keeps his hood up. Uh he looks like kind of like an edgelord from your perspective. And he doesn't really laugh. Uh the other four start to laugh. And they go, all right, listen, we're just messing with y'all. We're just messing with y'all. We're happy. We're all happy here. Listen, my name's Jubes. You got Hugh over here. He was the one that helped your friend out. Oh, thanks, Hugh. Really appreciate it. This is Baldi. The the gnome raises his hand and goes, ha ha, how's it going, guys? Glad to help. Glad to meet you. Glad you're all here. This is Leslie Quills. Points to the Allen. The Allen looks at you, goes, name's Leslie, Leslie Quill Feathers. You could call me Feds you could, or Quill. Both are short for Quill Feathers, which is my last name, Leslie Quill Feathers. I look at Drown, I'm like, weird. And the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> the other halfling doesn't really say anything. He just kind of like looks over and gives you guys like a head nod. And this, uh, the quiet one right here, this is Bandobaris. He doesn't really talk much. He just kind of hangs out. 
My Lanta, never did I think leaving the tribe would bring me so many new friends. We traded the blood shards for a bunch of gold or something, and then Jubes told us that there were a couple jobs they needed help with. Apparently, they were trying to conduct a heist and needed some information from a local alchemist named Thumbus Wilfrey. So what did we do? We, uh, we, we, we snuck into his house. All right, so Armos, why don't you climb up that tree and then Misty step in the top floor? Minus and I will go around the back and try to see if, uh, if we can get him in. Sweet. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. <laughs> and go. You are now in the house just disappeared yeah and you're gone you make it down the stairs you're in this large elegant living room beautiful chandelier very expensive silverware there's a dining room table already set out for about eight guests cross through the living room and through the dining room into a large kitchen that leads into a side pantry which has the back door uh outside the back door you see drell and menace nothing sticks out as you're walking through it's just Looks like you're at another person's very rich home. Um, just so I don't have to do a stealth action again, I use uh, Mage Hand to unlock the door. So you go ahead and use Mage Hand and you unlock the door. Nice. <laughs> I have uh, a really sneaky finger gun as I walk into the house. <laughs> Roll to see how loud the snap is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I snapped, I just gave finger guns. <laughs> I want to go into the bathroom and see what ply toilet paper he's using. <laughs> you walk upstairs and being as quiet as you can in your heavy in your heavy plate armor, you don't mm -hmm. make a sound on this cushiony rug. Uh, you look in the, the bathroom and you see this glorious on this gold plated toilet paper holder of quadruple <laughs> ply. <laughs> quadruple. Can I? Can I look under the sink to see if he has any extras? You see, there is no under the sink as there's a nice vanity um, with plumbing, shockingly enough. And you turn around, you see a little closet and you open it and it's filled to the brim with all the toiletries that you can think of. Soaps, okay. toilet paper, towels, just as thick as the toilet paper. Um, Drell takes three rolls of the quadruple ply. <laughs> you take these it. three quadruple ply toilet paper rolls and put them in your bag. Hell yeah. Nice. It's going to come in handy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And then, so, but that's upstairs near the office, right? Yes. I do want to go with Armos to check out, because you mentioned there's another door. We'll, we'll look there's, into that other should door. Should be like a, what, a grandma here somewhere. No, uh, no, Quill said that not. they haven't seen her in a really long time, so they yeah. think she might be gone. Mm -hmm. Is there only that? Let's other see what's behind door? door number three. You're gonna go in the closed door, so it is locked when you jostle the doorknob. Uh, I I'll try and use my thieves tools, I guess. Yep. Go ahead and give me a sleight of hand check. Um, that would be a seventeen. You unlock the door. Hey, oh, open the door. You're confident that you did so I well. I did this that you all didn't... the time back at the village, guys. I'm pretty good at this. I would sneak into Miranor's place all the time and leave like gross smelling flowers in his bed. <laughs> you creak the door open, and it is another bedroom. But this bedroom is torn to shit. The mattress is oh. flipped, the sheets are ripped, the there are candles all over the floor, melted. 
the tape there are nightstands knocked over the bookcases is knocked onto the floor it looks like somebody ransacked this room somebody was attacked in this room but everything is destroyed in some way there are scratch marks on the wall there are cracked there's cracked flooring um from stuff like maybe heavy objects have crashed into uh but the floor is cracked and beaten uh and the chandelier in the ceiling has come down there's broken glass everywhere yeah so this is when everything started to go to shit we got a hold of this Thumbus guy's itinerary and his diary. Turns out he's been stealing blood shards from the Red Guard in an attempt to save his grandma uh, or aunts. It, no, wait, I think it was his mom. Anyway, someone has been using those blood shards to try and cure Thumbus's Montma. I don't think it worked very well, though, because he mentioned in his diary that she was getting violent. He sent her to live somewhere in the Knots, and we went to check it out in hopes of discovering some new information that would help Jubes. By the way, uh, this is the same location where, uh, children have been going missing. You open the door, and revealed it's a well-lit room. With fine, eldish wooden floors, dressers, a beautiful bed. A large bed, a comfy red chair, a roaring fireplace, a table filled with desserts and eaten plate of food, a dresser. On the other end of the room is an open door that is swinging on its hinges, similar to the one you just came through. Menace, as you enter, and Drell enters, as Armos goes to walk through, the door slams shut in front of him, keeping you two inside this room. Almost on your shoulder is a elderly hand. Motherfucker! <laughs> grabs your shoulder what? from behind. Hey, Sonny. Are you here to visit me? You look at the hand on your shoulder. It looks like she's reaching up at you, and it looks like a normal hand. When you turn around, you see an elderly woman, heavy in size, Hunched over, she has a cane in her hand, whitish perm with big round glasses. She has a nice smile. She looks up at you very cutely and sweetly as you look down at her. She's wearing like a button-down shirt with a green, like a green apron over her, very hunched over. Because oh, you got some visitors here. What's your name, Sonny? Uh, so we're in the hallway. She looks like an old lady. Mm -hmm. She's. About what size is she? Like, as far as... She's about five feet tall, hunched over. Make me a perception check. Oh, God. Armos, are you okay? <laughs> oh, shit. Bang, bang, I got bang, a 21. Bang, bang, bang. 21. You can kind of see, like, in through her shirt, there is a blood shard socket in between her and her chest, in the center of her chest. Yeah. Around it looks very <laughs> gross and uh, infected. Mm -hmm. And you can see, like, the veins of blood that are in her body are like black and molded over. <gasps> you look at it for a second and then you look back up at her. The elderly lady looks like a mutation of herself. Once yes. cute smiling grandma has succumbed to the effects of the blood shine. Her skin has turned dark gray, blood red eyes. The hair is still in a nice perm, but it is dark and black and gray. She has giant naggled teeth and she goes to lunge at you, making a biting attack on your neck. Oh my gosh, she got a nat 20. <laughs> it's just 
elderly grandma turns into a former mutation of herself growing about a foot in size and sinks her teeth into your neck <laughs> and goes to bite and starts to rip at the at the crook of your neck and shoulder healing you take 14 points of damage as she sinks her teeth into your neck okay and bites that hard as blood starts to rush from her mouth and you can feel her tongue licking up every ounce of it as she tries to get her hands into your arms she lets go and as she lets go you look at her and she like gives you this weird smile but her teeth are all gums now you look in you look down and you see her dentures are sunken into your skin constantly biting down as if it has a mind of its own biting into the gash as she's looking at you with this gummy smile and she goes to headbutt you or try to bite with her teeth and that's how we ended up fighting a grandma well i don't know if she was ever a grandma it's still very unclear to us but basically she was a hag and uh well we got the best of her as you go down you hear the soft cry of a child <gasps> The blood stains trail down the stairs as you approach. The room is very dark as you flash your lantern. There is a small closet-like room revealing the corpses of dead children stacking high. You realize that the room is maybe true as there are a pile of dead bodies mangled and eaten. Oh no. There is, in the center of the bodies of the bloody mess, small children, you see an afterimage of a small little girl crying into her hands. You can see right through her as she's like, <laughs> crying and weeping. You can clearly tell without a doubt that this is a ghost of a small little girl. What are you guys doing? Well, I think Menace immediately like pushes past Rel, even though he told him to go first. He's <laughs> like, "Little girl, are you okay?" <laughs> oh, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. She won't let me leave. Oh my God, uh, Menace. Hold on, Drell. As she's crying into her hands on her knees. Hey, 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 hey! What's what's your name? My name. <laughs> Grandma Wilfrey! And all of a sudden, this oh monstrous mutation of a grandma jumps out at you and she takes the material form and bites into your neck with her dentures. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Hey, Minis, I don't want to say, like, I told you so, but it was a 16 hit. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was going to happen, but, like, of course, Minis is going to, like, go up and be like, Are you okay? You <laughs> You take nine points of damage as she bites into Ouch. your forehead as she reels down and pulls back, shows once again her gummy smile as the dentures are stuck in your forehead, chomping down. Get off of me! I'm gonna pull the, pull the dentures off, try to. As you pull the dentures off, she looks at you and she like licks her gums. Tasty. Oh, gross, 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 stop that! She has oh, her tongue out. <laughs> Blows a kiss. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, it's just a strength check. It's just an action to take her off. Oh, yeah, I take yeah. it off and throw it at her. <laughs> All right, she goes, she throws it. You throw the dentures at her, she goes, and it pops back into her mouth as she now has a mouth full of your blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
God, I hate her. <laughs> so, so an action to take it off, and then I will uh, run away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys are just casually fighting over the dead bodies of children in a tiny dark room. <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so you use your move to move. Uh, it's gonna go over to Armos's turn. Armos, I'm gonna just go with the good old Eldritch Blast and see what happens. Uh, dirty twenty. Ooh, that hits. Oh boy. So I did six plus uh four, ten damage. Armos, finish her. Whoa. Ooh, perfect. I run up to her and I take my book. And I smash the book into her crystal and uh, level her with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you so you go ahead, you shoot an electric blast that whizzes by her, that whizzes right by her head. She looks back, she goes, <laughs> smooth moves. Ah! As you hit her with the book, right with the gem, as she's turned around. The, the tome meets the blood shot meets the blood shard socketed into her chest as you do just enough damage to it as it cracks she begins to bubble and boil over as her flesh begins to expand and contract and begins to get bigger and bigger and bigger and then she pops as greenish bluish blood sprays all over the room completely coats you guys as this as the remains of the blood shard fall onto the already bloody floor as this greenish stream, a greenish bluish stream, uh, ethereals out and manifests and control and streams right into your tome. Ethereals out. <laughs> it takes ethereals out. Yeah. And then slowly, <laughs> yeah, I said what I said. And slowly <laughs> the, the tome absorbs the essence from within the blood shard. And it takes a few seconds longer as this dark, the deep red, uh, blood shard begins to fade to clear and dust off. You now gain 1d4 damage to all your hits. Armos, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, Armos. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say one thing. We're gonna live on. We're gonna survive. Today we celebrate our independence from cookies and teeth. <laughs> there it is. Drell sheds a tear. <laughs> Armos, that was amazing. Yeah, Minus sheds a tear too. <laughs> yep. So that's basically when we found out that Armos was uh, trafficking souls from his book into the uh, other world, the uh, nether, the the. Into the depths of hell, essentially. And we moved on with our investigation. We found out that Thumbus had been working with someone by the name of Yuri. He's been giving all these blood shards to him, and he wants more and more and more, and he's been stealing them from the Redguard Guildhouse. So now we have proof. We also took a scrying paper that they used to communicate, as well as a uh, other few pieces of uh, artifacts. So when you look at that mana potion, as you guys are dividing up who gets what, um... Mechanically, it gives you back one spell slot when you drink it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, I'll take one. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> you got a ring, man, with yeah, another. No, no, no. <laughs> Reginald pipes up. He's like, I think it'd be kind of sweet if I got some bling. I'm just saying. You know, your boys uh, look a little stale down here. You know what? I take the the pen the with the 
it's kind of like a feather pen, and I stick it behind his ear so he looks super dapper now. And it, and it, and his bandana that he's already wearing. <laughs> oh, this is sweet. Oh, he like pets it like along with one of his ears, and it like bounces <laughs> off his horns that he got. He's like, can I? Can I fashion like the backpack on the ground so that it's smaller and like fits on the back? You want to give him a little bunny okay. backpack? Yeah, That's a adorable. little bunny backpack. Oh my god! You. If we ever gave merch, we will sell stuffed animals of Reginald in this yes. very fucking moment. Bunny bag and all. You give yes. because I love it. I'm not even gonna make you roll for any type of craftsmanship. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that the bag you fashion and sew for him is able to hold one potion of like normal size that's how much space is in there <laughs> oh my god he is like oh this is great that's amazing <laughs> fill me up with that and he points his butt at you menace he's like, hey right here all right here. all right i got you you did good in that fight so here you go here's some hay nice i'm looking up like creating a <laughs> custom stuffed animal on etsy but right fucking now but now he probably doesn't know how to like reach the hay right now. He tried, you see him turn around in a loop as he's like like a dog chasing his tail. All right, so Minus Minus goes outside to check on Sid, see how he did with the gang, calming him down. He's caught up you in know. the tattered rug as like the gold coin fell through one of the loose holes and they're trying to lift the rug. And they're like they're caught guys in for there. Five minutes. Me, me. The big one's like, me, 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 me. He's like pointing at another one. He's like, me, 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 me. And he points at another one. It goes down the line. He's like, it's not me. He wrote me into this. No, I didn't. He wrote me hey, into this. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. We'll we'll get ice cream later. It's fine. And I pick up the gold. I put Sid back in like my pocket. And then we went back to the Thieves Forge. Oh, wait. That's not what we did. We had to fight a bunch of were rats. Damn jazzy rats. He takes a deep breath and goes... There's always a couple of hecklers at every show as his foot starts to tap. Everyone make me a charisma saving throw. Oh, no. No. God, if it's these no. goddamn jazz people. No. No, it's not. No. Uh, charisma. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's I got, just straight charisma? It's a charisma 11. saving throw of DC 12. 11? Fuck. Thank goodness. I got a 14. Got a 13. Minus and Armos. You're not catching what's going down right now. Drell, as he taps his foot, you don't feel, you still feel the same animosity towards this shadowy figure. But you notice that your foot starts to tap along with his Ugh. as you hear the faint sounds of jazz from the rooftops. No. <laughs> this smooth sounding saxophone from the distance very subtly enters your ear as you start to tap along to, the, to its beat. Is, is the guy in front of me holding a saxophone? He was, yes. Okay, I want to try to chop off his hand then with one of my swords. Like, so I'm going to just slice at his wrists. Um, so he can never hold the saxophone ever again. And that is going to be... It's a 22. Okay, so you definitely hit the part you want to hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, that's 90. You take your greatsword and you slash it across his arm, gliding the blade down it into his hands as he drops the saxophone. And his red hand looks like a bloody mess. And he goes, you take another look at your sword as you come up with that forward strike as it glistens in the moonlight as the blood drips off. You now realize that that sword that you're holding isn't made out of normal steel. It's actually made out of silver. Oh, shit. Oh, ain't that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> 
Drell kind of just looks around and he sees how fucked up Chesterfield is and he goes, looks like your band's about to split. And then he like fucking <laughs> slices a sword at him to roll a hit. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I really fucking hope I hit right here. Oh, let's fucking go, dude. That's a nat 20. <laughs> roll for damage. Uh, that is 20 damage. Drell, finish Chesterfield for me. Are you serious? Yeah, so I think I start with like just cutting off both of his hands and then just saying, yeah, it looks like you're never going to be able to play the saxophone or breathe. And I just shove the great sword right in his fucking mouth. And it just goes out the back of his head. Um, and then I turn around and look at his boys to see what they uh, to see what they do. As you shove the sword into his mouth, he like gasps at the shock of your punny lines. And he goes, <gasps> and on that gasp, that's when the sword goes through and his body just becomes limpless on your sword as you pull it out as his face starts to burn from the silver in your blade. And he just drops. Minus kind of throws up in his mouth a little bit. You notice on your turn, as you turn around to look at the rest of the gang, all three of them are shocked and they're like, Chesterfield, no, no, no. He had the, he had that charity event later this week. Oh, no. oh, no. oh, oh yeah, no. they're so charitable. I forgot. Oh, no, the board. <laughs> oh, the orphanage. And they all look at Drell. As you walk towards the group in a badass way, you flourish your blade to get the blood off, and you put it, you sling it over your shoulder, and you're looking at them chin up, and you just like eyeing them down. And they are looking at you, and they are seething. Their rat teeth all start to chatter as their animalistic instincts start to get the best of them, and they are angry at you. And they are lasered in, focused on you. The three of them are going to ignore whatever battle tactics that they had, and they are just going to lunge on you. I got a 19, an 18, and a 14. Uh, all of those hit. The three of them jump on you and all make bite attacks as they sink their rat teeth into whatever part of your body is unarmored. Take 12 points of damage as all these rats jump on you and you don't really fall down as adrenaline is pumping through your veins. I think I'm just gonna uh, stone stone endurance. Okay. Um, to just reduce the damage. Go ahead and, and reduce it. That's by nine damage so they do what, five damage yes to finish off their turn uh make me three saving throws three constitution saving throws dc 11 three because it's Eight. three separate rats that bit you okay. yeah uh Whoa. so starting off strong that's a six okay <laughs> uh that's a 23 and that's a nine you take an additional four points of damage as you as there were these rats bites were clearly infected as you feel like this stinging poison go through your body for a moment and it burns as it cycles through you feel very weird and tingly for just a moment and then you just shake it off uh as you feel like you just that's how they bit you just doesn't sit right oh what the fuck okay wow so i got 12 damage so so i take a step over to chesterfield's body I take a look down at it, and I spin around, and I said, I guess you can say he's the artist formerly known as Chesterfield, and I blast Chase with Eldrick Blast. <laughs> Classic. Love it. You did uh, 12 points of damage to him? Uh, yes. He gets knocked back 10 feet, knocking into another conveniently placed 
fragile barrel as it just explodes as he lands on it. <laughs> Minutes, take it away. So I'm standing pretty tall for a tiny Minotaur, and I look down on uh, Chaz there, and I'm going to try and hit him with another sling bullet, first of all. Sure, sure. Does a 17 hit. 17 hits. Roll for damage, my guy. So before I hit him with 10 points of damage, Ooh. I say... Hey, Chaz, I think it's time to saxophone it in. <laughs> do you mind if I, do you mind if I flavor uh, the swarm for you? Go for you it. deliver that expert line as you shoot another bullet into his head. As a free action, your swarm that was on the roof just drops down from its high height, landing one after another on top of his head, going bing, 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 and he'll bing, 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 bing. As the bings get smaller and smaller, dealing how much swarm damage? Dealing one. <laughs> it doesn't matter because the 10 did it. Minus, finish him. I think uh, he's doing one of those like cartoon dizzy things, right? And the bump on his head's getting bigger as they fall on him <laughs> until and he yeah. falls down flat as a loud thud. He crashes into a conveniently fragile box. You notice that the jazz music around you is getting more faint and less jazzy becomes a more of a melancholy blues as we took care of those dang annoying jazz rats you know it's weird ever since we fought those rastrels had a weird hankering for cheese but anyways we captured one of those thieves brought him into justice and went about our heist hugh baldy leslie jubes and bandabaris are now sitting at the table jubes is drawing on a map of dillmore with a bunch of X's and arrows, Jubes puts both hands on the table, looks up at you. So it's about time. You boys ready for a heist? Of course we were. We weren't going to let Jubes and the gang down. We grabbed our scrying stones, snuck into the Red Guard Guildhouse, and made it out with the goods. Oh, what goods, you ask? Why, a bag of holy cow, look at all those blood shards is what we got. Had to fight some shadow creatures for them. There was a big shiny one that these fools was trying to protect, but we made it through the streets with the help of that kooky owl, Drell's potions, almost dark magic, and a group of friendly mice. I would like to know if there are, I know it's nighttime, but are there like birds, animals that kind of go through the streets? Um, You don't see any birds, but you, give me a perception check. That's an 18. You notice that this, this mice, Pretty commonly. Nice. Around. All right, then I'm going to use my action to cast Speak with Animals. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. Okay. Ask, ask for its name. Ask for its name. I rub Sid's head and I'm like, Sid, we really need some help right now. <clears throat> he points to one of the mice uh, over there. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I lure it over and I, I say, hey. We really need your help right now. And I would like to make a persuasion. And essentially what I'm trying to do is I like to persuade the mice to help us and go like fight and distract the guards. Hey, buddy. And I, I put some like bread out for a mouse. Oh, what is that? Oh, it's so, 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 so bread? Oh, hold on. Come on. Uh, a mouse hops over to you. Oh, oh, oh it's pumpernickel. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, Menace, what's your name? Uh, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Wonderful yep. to meet you. Hey, wow. we're in a bit of a pickle. Oh, this is really bright. This is great. We great are being chased by guards ah. that want to destroy all the cheese in this town. What? 
<laughs> and they're trying to you see my buddy over there and oh wait he can't see through the darkness my buddy is in the darkness over there <laughs> uh-huh is there a magical darkness in the middle of the city yeah it makes pretty yeah. makes good sense here yeah. one of my buddies is a were rat uh, a were who he's a rat like you basically oh nice anyways could you help could you help a fellow rat out <laughs> You have some friends. We need to we need to stop these guards who are trying point. to take the cheese from this town. Where are they trying to go? Leslie, where are we trying to go? Where's our next step? Leslie comes through, he goes, You want to keep heading south and then head westward. There's a guard on top of the roof once you turn west. Looking around. Be careful. Great. Over. And I relay that to this little mouse. Alright, so we want to head south. Okay. Which way is south? Because I'm a mouse. That way, and I point down okay. the street. So what, you want me now? You want me to bite somebody? I want you to get all your friends and bite any guards you see. Ah, uh, roll for persuasion check. Oh, I need it. <laughs> this is a big moment. Persuasion. I have a zero. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say we should oh, almost persuasion out. check first to see how the conversation ends up. That was a fourteen. Yeah. All right. You have a number of cheese on you before we go. Um, I think I should have cheese on me, right? Yeah, you would have cheese on you. <laughs> yeah, I give. Oh, wow, this is great. Oh, Swiss, that's my favorite. Hey, rally up, boys. And you see a bunch of mice from the street uh, go down and they start. They, they head south down the uh, alleyway and then they disperse in the cracks. And then um, a few oh moments go by. <laughs> and then the guard that was on the roof that Leslie just warned you about, you go, oh, oh, what the? What game? Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> a pretty great plan if I do say so myself. Oh, wait a second. I forgot to get that mouse's address to send him letters. Uh, hopefully I'll see him again someday. But this is actually uh, where our story became a little sad. You see, while we were out and about stealing the blood shards, something happened to Jubes. You open the door to the Thieves' Forge, certain that no one is around looking at you. The Thieves' Forge is in great disarray. Tables are spread out. The tavern floor is they're like making room. In the center of the room, there is one table with jubes on it. There is a lot of people surrounding her. You see what you see Burnsfield, the barkeep of the Thieves Forge who's serving you guys drinks, has a bloodied apron on as it looks like he he was trying to administer some type of uh, first aid to Jubes. Everyone is looking down solemnly as it looks like they were unsuccessful in their attempts. Hugh and Baldy see this and they become very sad. Baldy starts to cry a little bit. Hugh is trying his best to hold back his tears. You guys are all beaten up. You are not in the best condition. You guys catch your breath. You set Drell sets down Baldy kind of near Jubes, and Hugh and Baldy are just kind of leaning over. You see Leslie uh, on the other side of the table, and she's starting to tear up, and her eyes are like actually closed for the first time, and she's even sobbing. Burnsfield is really down as he's just looking down at the body, wishing that he could do more. There is a lot of people in this tavern right now various rogues that you've met in passing off when you guys first came here there is no sound 
from anybody as they're just weeping and mourning in the moment. Everyone make me a perception check one more time. Minus, you get advantage. It's 15. 17. Also 17. Minus and Armos. Almost, you look back at Reginald for a moment and you notice that his eyes are still red. Drell, with a 15, you look down at your bag full of blood shards that you hidden, and you hear the sounds of crackling energy coming from within it. Sounds of shards shifting and moving from inside the bag. Minus and Armos, right behind Drell, where the bag would be, there's a small rift a tear in the fabric of reality, as if there's a thin slit opening through in the middle of thin air. Minish, you recall you recall seeing this once before, back when you were in the town of Gilo, when you when people were there mourning Barry Weinstead. Just like before, Minish, a giant muscly arm comes through the thin rift and it opens it wider as more blood pours onto the floor and snatches the closest person to the portal, bringing him in. And as quick as that person can scream and realize what's going on, he is through. However, this time, the rift does not close when the person is snatched. More blood starts to come out and then you see two claws Two hands grab either side and start stretching it open. More blood pours out of the rift onto the floor. Stepping out from the rift is this large demon monstrosity. It does not have any flesh. It's raw, dense muscle tissue standing at about nine feet tall. Huge nails the size of small swords. It does not have any eyes. It has like a xenomorph type face. The body type of a gorilla has massive hulking arms with smaller legs. And it has a huge maw that stretches out about a good five feet as it opens its mouth, revealing large, sharp fangs and more blood drips from its mouth. As we ran for the hills, uh, or at least Drell and I did. Armos didn't seem too scared. I snapped out of it pretty quick and helped Armos as Drell ran away. I, I never thought I'd see him do that. For a second, I thought he was scared, but oh, was I wrong about that. Drell is free. You know, he's freaking out because he ran like a coward, even though, you know, he <laughs> will tell you he wasn't one. Um, so I'm going to bonus action, go into a rage. And as he's fiddling to try to get all of his stuff, he kicks over a, like a boom box that starts playing a non-copyrighted version of Highway to Hell by ACDC. <laughs> and he's gonna walk, he's gonna grab his ax, he's gonna walk out of the room to the sound or the music, and he's gonna look at the monster and go, hey fuck face, pick on someone your own size. And I'm going to grab one blood shard. I'm going to break it open in my hand and try to consume it. <laughs> Fucking what? Uh, <laughs> he just came in like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just like double fist and blood shards. That was the most metal turn I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, I'm on the cobblestone to fight. Burn it. <laughs> uh, How 
way to hell. No, we can't sing that. Uh, you can't sing that. <laughs> is it non-copyrighted version? Uh, as you <laughs> Tony's face is smash the blood shard. <laughs> he was not ready for this. On your hand. Which one did you do? Uh, just like one of the ones from the backpack, I think. <clears throat> Roll me a uh constitution saving throw of a DC 15 for me. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> I have plus six to calm though, so we're okay. Uh, let's plus see. six? What? Uh, that's a nine. Uh, but I am gonna use my inspiration <laughs> die because I feel like I might need this here. Oh my god, that's worse. I got an eight. <laughs> oh no. What'd you roll? What do you mean? I rolled a three and a two. Oh man. You should see Tony's face right now. <laughs> you take seven points of damage. Oh. As the the loaded blood shard full of life essence gets absorbed into your body. You're just holding your main weapon, right? Uh the axe, yeah. You grip that as tight as you possibly can. Your eyes go pure white. And then as they go pure white, your iris completely fades. And then instantly becomes bloodshot around the completely white iris. I gotta be honest, this was one of the coolest moments and simultaneously scariest moments of my life. Girl looked pretty badass, I gotta say. And then, ugh, almost did something even crazier. I can eat one of those golden apples, right? You can. Yeah. I think we should do it. Golden yeah. apple gang. Gang gang. That golden fruit. Roll me a D100 as you bite into this delicious succulent golden fruit. An eight. Have you rolled single digits on a D100? Yeah, look. That's fucking crazy. Um, <gasps> what happened? Oh my god. What? Dan's metagaming and he I'm looked sorry. at see what it I is. Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. I'm never looking again. What? Almost? Oh! What? <laughs> oh my god. I'm kind of glad you're a tiefling. Oh, Am I on fire? Because oh. that's awesome. You, as you eat this potion, it erupts and bursts into a massive flame. Can you tell me what Fireball did again? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a manual right there. You look it up, bro. Yes, yeah, no. level spell centered on yourself. Oh my lord. It, it what? It literally does Fireball? On yourself, yeah. Third level. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. It's literally my spell. Yeah, it's literally your spell. But you don't take any fire damage, So it's right? flavored you... as the, the fruit. As you bite into this delicious golden succulent fruit, you go, mmm, delicious. Boom, nuclear explosion <laughs> just goes <laughs> off. You know what? It's very flavorful. Too flavorful. Oh, what is a third level fireball damage like? Uh, a D6. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's but, fine. Uh, but, I'm going to go ahead and roll that damage. Off, right? Hold on. So go ahead I get and to me... make a dexterity saving throw first. <laughs> that's true. Make no, a dexterity that's... saving throw. I don't think that's how that works. Target takes 8d6 on a fail and half so, on a success. So if he makes a dexterity saving throw and succeeds that throw, then he takes a quarter damage because he's a tiefling and he saved. 
Yep. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not trying to rule shark, but I mean, I don't know how the fuck that works, bro. If you bite into an apple, then you dodge the fireball. <laughs> like, how does that? I hear it. As a, he realizes it's about to explode and ducks and <laughs> takes less damage. That's what it is. His reflexes are so fast. It's he's fucking. A, it's just like a cartoon, like, like cake bomb. It's like he goes to bite into like an apple, but it's clearly <laughs> like a bomb, like string Dude. sticking out of it. I imagine Reginald going, look out and like dive bombs in front of the apple to save you from some of the damage okay. <laughs> but wait what's the dc of an apple so it's, it, it acts like as if you cast it uh off the chart i'm reading it so, so it's gonna be, be 15 it's gonna be 15 so if i roll a 15 oh she saved thank goodness yeah you save so you okay, take cool. half sweet so it Plus can't half. kill me so that's good well let's see what the damage it is could like. have killed me i just want to point that out uh it's <laughs> 30 damage Half, oh. half and twice. Half twice. So you take one fourth damage because you're a tiefling. You take seven points of damage as this fruit explodes. So, needless to say, things were getting pretty crazy. Reginald started talking to the demon, and after some nonsense I couldn't understand, the demon burst through the wall and ran down the street. After that, well, after that. So you go ahead and you grab Jubes' body as you start to make your way out to the street. You come through the entrance as flames soon engulf the entire Thief's Forge and the tavern is now officially burning. Make it out at that final moment, carrying Jubes. Within the few moments that you got Jubes and started to make your way out, uh, this thing has traveled a great distance. Crazy, frightening speed. You see blood dripping from like the windowsill with a large dent that this thing possibly jumped onto the building as somebody happened to be looking out their window at all the commotion and there was blood there. Down the street, there's more blood dragging from its footprints and handprints as this thing has charged down the dark alleyway. Screams can be heard in the distance. You know for a fact that this thing made it to the Red Spring District. You hear the sounds of horns and bells chime throughout the city. It looks like the town's guard and maybe the Red Guard have come across this beast within those few moments as the sound of heavy armored footsteps start making their way towards the commotion. When you guys got to the Thieves' Forge, these guards were still looking for you. They were still out and about. It's still in the dead of night. So you guys are out in the street. You guys can pick it up from there. I asked Reginald, what the fuck? We were going to kill that thing. Why did you tell it to run away? As I'm still chasing Drill. You want to know what that thing? That is a lesser version of me. Those are peons where I come from. We have hordes and hordes of those. They don't even have any wings. Look how much damage it did. I think we had it under control. I think you just saved your life. I, I was I was hurting myself, trying to give it a, you know, give it a chance. But when I find this thing, I'm gonna, we're gonna kill it. <laughs> or Drell's gonna kill it. Drell is very mad at the moment. Drell, you just start charging straight to where the sound's coming from. Menace, Armos, is there anything you want to do? Are you chasing after it? I think Menace actually has a little moment on his own because he's kind of far behind. He kind of just makes it out with all the fire. Are any of the crew out there or is it just me and Jubes? Hugh, Baldy, and Leslie are like hiding in a corner looking at the carnage that just happened outside as this thing was hopping from rooftop to rooftop trying to 
kill anything in its path and they are horrified and they see you bring out jubes and they run over to you yeah so i drop jubes down maybe there's just like a, a bench nearby or something right that i mm -hmm. kind of put her down on and i think in this moment menace is actually just kind of in panic mode and shock and doesn't really know what's going on mm -hmm. and he's kind of yelling you know at jubes like jubes jubes come on we need you jubes Come on, this isn't the time, Jubes. I, this is all a joke, right? This is a bad dream, right? And he starts casting a uh, second level aid around him. And it gives five temporary hit points to everybody, but it's not doing anything to Jubes. And he just keeps trying to use everything in his power to bring Jubes back. Hugh, Baldy, and Leslie are speechless as you're shaking Jubes' body. And Baldy's like, come on. Why don't <laughs> And he's crying, he can't even get words out. He's trying to like pull you away. Although they have this mixed bags of emotions, but they even know that it's a hopeless cause that you're trying to use magic to heal Jubes. And they pull you back. The aid, sp the aid spell does go off. Yeah, and he's, he's yelling at them as he's getting pulled. No, I can fix this. I can fix this. He's like, she's gone, but she's gone like trying to hold, hug you and like hold you back but like also trying to console himself leslie is for the first time eyes closed as tears start to fall down wetting her feathers and you can see them just roll down her cheeks and she's sitting on the floor and making this horrible owl cry i think as he's getting pulled back eventually after some fighting he just kind of goes limp you and baldy catch you and set you down easy as you're coming to terms with the situation I'm uh I'm sorry I couldn't save her okay you and Baldy stay silent as Leslie cry and Baldy goes it's not here it's not your fault bud nobody knew this was gonna happen we all knew the risk <laughs> sniffs make sure she stays safe I uh I need to help the guys okay he nods slowly and then quickly as he gets up and uh, slowly walks over to Jubes. And he's trying to hold back his tears and trying to be the brave one out of Leslie and Hugh and tries to gather them together and take care of Jubes. All right, Sid, come on. We, uh, we gotta go. He takes out his hand axes and starts running. Sid, like, gives you, like, a nod but actually doesn't say anything in the moment. I gotta be honest, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm trying to be strong, I need to be if I want to be chief someday. But what kind of minotaur am I if I can't protect my friends? I wish I had the power to keep everyone safe. I need to get stronger. I'm gonna keep the rest of this short, it's getting late. We defeated the demon at the town square with the help of Treus Bugs. After making sure the rest of the Shadow Smugglers were okay, we met with Treus, and it turns out he was working with Jubes the whole time. We are both on the up and up, and I know this because you were friends with Jubes. And quite frankly, I heard everything you said on the Scrying Stones during your rendezvous last night, and quite honestly, you could have been a little more quiet, but I believe you handled yourselves with, oh, integrity. Uh, as, as, as goofy as the three of you may be, I trust you three. As he's saying this, Menace is mage handing a peanut off of his desk and eating it. 
We know of Yuri Vluge and of Graf Vluge. They are indeed brothers. One works within the city limits, one works outside of the city limits. We know that Yuri is the mastermind of the operation happening in Dilmore among this cult. Now, this cult is known as the Red Dawn. It is a cult that goes back from hundreds of years ago, and they seem to have been resurfacing, or at least we're just now relearning of their whereabouts. Graf works within the city. He's the inside man and is giving orders from the inside and trying to get a hold of those shards. If you looked inside that bag, you would have noticed a shard that looks very different from the rest. It looks, well, flawless. That is Yuri's shard. That is Yuri's gem. Without that gem, Yuri is powerless, and we have been doing everything in our power to track him down, but when you broke that seal last night, well, he had power over his gem again. He is connected to that gem, and he is able to summon things to the gem to retrieve it. He could summon anything to it uh, within his control, but he cannot summon himself to it. That protection rune where the bag was placed was keeping those powers dormant. And, well, in theory, he can just come through the door. He could send monsters and to just come through the door and we'll be, well, recreating that whole fight again. But he is smarter than that. He knows next to me that his powers are limited. However, his brother does pose a threat and the unknown amount of cultist members in the city uh, also pose a threat. And once I find Graf, I will act on those plans. But I cannot act before because Graf will just get away. I mean, I guess while we're being completely honest, I'm pretty sure Thumpus Wolfray is stealing from you. So, uh, there's that. Yeah, this guy and I finally, like, flip over the page and show him the journal. He reads your notes on the journal and he goes, I think he had it in him. Well, this is news to me. It would also make a lot of sense because he helped me set up, well, some of the protections downstairs. So, if he's working with Yuri... So this shawl checks out. Where is that Thumbus? Oh, uh, well, we found him. Okay, you were right this time, Armos. There's a door under the rug. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> As I think back to the time I moved that huge rug back at his house. <laughs> is the door to his office, is it lockable or can I like put a chair? It is or lockable, yes. It is lockable. Yeah, I just lock it. Then I cannonball down the uh, <laughs> trap door. You open the trap door, and there is no ladder. It's a small hiding space. Cramped, looks like it could fit somebody of half-elf size. As you look in this trap door, and there is a hunched-over half-elf, Thumbus Wolfray hiding and trying to keep quiet as he's looking at the looking <laughs> up at the three of you, and he's going, what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and he's, like, shivering a little bit. I hit him as I cannonball into the trap door, <laughs> <laughs> thinking it went to a, <laughs> a, a cavern or something. Gee, what's this? What's happening? He's like slapping your face. I crawl out of the trap door. He has like his hands up as he's like slowly standing up and like half of his body sticking out of the floor now. He goes... All right, fellas, let's be, let's be, let's be calm here. After everything <laughs> you've been doing, you want us to be calm? Well, in my defense, what have I been doing? Oh, you're going to play, oh, you're going to play that card, are you? I start uh, swirling magic to intimidate him. 
Hey, hey, listen, don't don't worry about my friend here, okay? I know he looks scary, but we're not gonna do anything crazy. Net! And I throw a net at him. Ah, no, we captured Thumbus and used him as bait to lure out Grofluge. As the three of you converse as you, as the hours, minutes and hours tick by, a bell jingles within the house. <gasps> Places everybody, go, 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 go. As the three of you are holding up in the living quarters, there is a silhouette of a person in the far corner of the room. Thumbus immediately looks over and he goes, Oh, he's here. No, he's tied to a chair with his mouth uh, gagged. <laughs> and there's a net above him. <laughs> and he's like freaking out as he's looking at the silhouette. The silhouette walks closer and this elderly figure pulls down his hood. Thumbis, Thumbis, Thumbis. What happened to you, friend? He licks his lips. Old Henry reveals himself. <gasps> Thumbis, Thumbis, Thumbis. We had a deal and bringing friends along was not a part of them. Thumbis, Thumbis, Thumbis. Who do we have here? And as he says here, he transforms. As his skin, his flesh starts to become gray, he becomes taller, youthful, and even his clothes disappear into this le black leathery cloak. It drips down. He's standing about seven, eight feet tall. He matches Drell's height. He has sheath weapons on him, long swords, daggers, axes. He's equipped to the teeth. His face doesn't have any defining features as they are smooth. He has no pupils in his eyes. The darkness around his eyes shift like a shadow. His hair is long and white and not put in any particular style. The transformation was seamless, almost like he does this every day. Thumbus goes, Thumbus, Thumbus, Thumbus. His voice gets very deep. Thumbus, Thumbus, Thumbus. We had a deal. And those who go back on their deal face redemption. He draws a blade. In the hilt of the blade shines a red blood shard. When he pulls out the sword, the sword is coated in black steel. As the red gem illuminates etchings along the blade. And he takes it out and he goes to stab Thumbus. As I drop the net. <laughs> On the ceiling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not out of... Not out of any sort of plan but out of like fear <laughs> ah, the net falls on top of this figure and he goes and he just kind of lets it stand there as this net just kind of drapes over his shoulders it is not big enough to cover his entire body how big is he he's like drill size is he large yes then the net does restrain him Oh, interesting. What is the 
Saving throw. What are the rules on that net? Uh, it depends on how you want to rule that. But it's a surprise attack, right? Yeah, because it's an improvised surprise attack is what it is. So normally I would throw it and use dexterity, right? Roll me. Yeah. Roll to hit with advantage. Ah, uh, would you believe it? I got a gnat pumpkin. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. This figure gets a net as it tangles up as he tries to draw his blade. He goes, Thumbus, Thumbus, Thumbus. You've betrayed me for the last time, Thumbus. As he tries to release himself from the net. I'm going to need everyone to roll me initiative. <laughs> Minus looks down at his hands, looks back up, and he goes, oh, oh, Guys, I did it. <laughs> yeah, guys. Everyone roll me initiative. We are all surprised. Uh, 17. <laughs> The battle was fierce as hands and zombies broke through windows. They tried to take the bag full of blood shards, but my uh, um, qu quick thinking and cunning smarticles saved the day. Minus has no idea what to do in this moment. <laughs> I am going to launch my bag of dust and sneezing at this dude. Whoa! Yeah! <laughs> Go ahead and throw that bag of sneezing, bro. Yes! Uh, I don't know what you to do, guys. And he reaches and just like finds the bag, forgetting what it is. It just launches and take this. <laughs> I can't remember what it, I, this. I gave this uh, item to you guys like early on. So I'm gonna, I take so I take this bag of dust and sneezing and I launch it at the back wall, and it's only going to get Groff and the farthest zombie away from me as well as, yeah, as well as Thumbus. I'm going to ask you to make an athletics check just to make sure that you don't completely, like, just drop this bag as you chuck it at the back That's wall. That's a 23. Yeah, you effectively hit the back wall of dust, and this powder goes as all this, it looks like a mix of, like, pepper, salt, and um, human dust just explode in a 30-foot radius at the other end of the room. Roth needs to make a constitution saving throw. Yeah. DC 15. Correct. He rolled a nat one on a plus You <laughs> fucked. Holy shit. <laughs> he is in an uncontrollable coughing and sneezing fit. He is incapacitated and suffocating. I look at Sid and go, Oh, what bag did I just throw, Sid? <laughs> I forgot I had that. <laughs> Thomas makes a saving throw. He's sneezing and coughing uncontrollably. What again? Give me possible to clean out too. Shit. <laughs> and the zombie got a nat one. Oh. However, he's undead and doesn't breathe. We're gonna go <laughs> up to initiative 20 as the screams and flames and sounds of distress and the murder and the groans become ever more present getting louder and louder chaos beyond the house of course going into initiative 17 almost all right so i immediately see him flailing on the ground and his hair getting burned off i look at reginald i pick him up and launch him almost like a javelin at uh at the guy and as he's flying through 
you see Reginald disappear and then appear st standing right on his bald ass head at this point. Roll damage for me. 23. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're rolling insane on these. Armos, finish him. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it should be, I think it should be Reginald. Yeah. Reginald's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, DM, you, the, this time you get to finish him. Oh God. Oh my God, do you mean it? <laughs> Yes, of course. Reginald jumps through the air, being thrown by Armos, disappears, <laughs> reappears on his bald-ass singed head. He is covered in flames. Reginald drops his head down, meets him eye to eye. He goes, time to meet a real demon fucker, and explodes. Hooves back onto Armos's shoulder, his back facing the explosion. As Goff completely bursts into flames, Reginald puts on the bandana. Says, cool guys never look at their own explosions. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I fist bump him, and I still we both still have a little bit of fire and cause a little explosion because we both did <laughs> some fire spells. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Minus puts on his disguise glasses and turns away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at the guys and I go. There's something I need to do. I'll be right back. And you see him run away into the house. I'm sending you a DM. <laughs> well, you're getting more toilet paper. <laughs> Make me athletics check. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. How'd you get out of my head? <laughs> Make me an athletics check before I, we role play what happens. Hey, dirty 20. Oh my God. Okay. Do we roll you... insane tonight. Go ahead and role play that for me. Minus, Minus looks out the window and the guys are like egging me on to come out and he stops and has a moment and goes uh guys I uh there's something I have to do I'll be right back and my Sid and the boys are already out there like trying to egg me on and they see me run uh, you see like a beam collapse and he goes through the house and you just hear like <laughs> And then as the last beam falls and fire engulfs the house, you see Minus burst out of the window with arms full of the finest two-ply or four-ply toilet paper you've ever seen. And he's huffing and puffing on the ground, lying on the ground, and he goes, Ugh, I think we're going to need this. And uh, that's my turn. <laughs> It's amazing. Drell sheds a tear. <laughs> I hate that you knew exactly what I wanted to do, Jared. <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> Tell me you're getting TP. <laughs> That's what he wrote. He goes, I would like to grab a bunch of toilet paper in yep. the DM. <laughs> you get out of the house with all this toilet paper and you meet How up. How much do I get? How many rolls? Roll a D10. Here we go. 10. 10. 10. 10. <gasps> yes! yes! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this guy crits on how he rolls a toilet paper. He goes, <laughs> yes, ten. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> this was his dude, mission. It, I love it. I love if you stack ten rolls of toilet paper up. It's you see taller like, than menace. You see, like two, like squished between my horns, one under my chin, like some around my belt. <laughs> You clean this guy out of toilet paper, and he, he's like sneezing. He goes, achoo, achoo, oh no, I imported those. Achoo, 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 achoo. What kind of toilet paper is this? 
Fellas, you are in the side garden of Thumbus's house. You see all around you that the buildings next to you, next to him, there's a lot of carnage and destruction. Just over the wall, you start to hear the sounds of weapon clashing again. In the distance, there are houses on fire. One brother down, we slashed our way through zombies and limbs to get to the knots. We defeated the giant Etten, but got surrounded by undead creatures. With only one option left, Armos absorbed the blood shard that had been luring them to us. Armos, you are looking at the gem that rolled under your feet towards the massive group of zombies just about to break through the foliage, the, uh, the foliage barricade that Minus made. You definitely make it to it on your turn, but you are counting a good 50 plus zombies just like 15 feet beyond the gym. Oh, I'm going. <laughs> I take off in the direction, full eyes like a like an NFL trying to receiver looking looking back while running straight forward and take without any care of what's in front of me and trying to get to it as quickly as I can as I see it roll on the ground uh, towards the pack of zombies. So as soon as I get to the gem, I grab it immediately, look at Reginald, and then give him a quick nod and smack the the book with the with the gem. Reginald's eyes become demon-sided once again as you grab this perfect gem. Your horns grow out in a flash of fire. Reginald becomes pure white for just a moment as you grip it. As the tome connects to the perfect gem, a sonic boom meets the two forces. The gem shatters as all this blue-green energy, like a typhoon of energy swirls inside your tome. A large sonic boom and a wave of energy explode out from the connecting point, completely knocking over all of the undead around you. It nearly puts out most of the flames from its sheer force. Everyone make me a dexterity saving throw for me, except for Armos. Wait, even with how far away from him I am? Yes. 15 to 21. Drell, you remain standing on the roof. Minish, you are blown back. Treus is blown back onto the roof as these, as this massive impact spreads throughout the city, putting out most of the flames and all of the undead drop to the floor. From the connecting point, from the tome, Drell, you can see this because you remain standing. For a brief second, you see an after image of Armos, his horns are antlered out about three feet behind him, engulfed in flames. Reginald is pure white and three times larger like an after image standing on his shoulder. Armos also has a second demon-esque tail extending from the middle of his back out of his body. And as quickly as you see that after image, it fades. And from where the gem was, a large black puff of smoke erupts out into the sky, swirling around like clouds and comes into a this weird shadowy figure. Does that have legs? It looks like a dark smog ghost that is massive in size. This thing goes to slash at you and it just misses your head and as it's going past your head you hear whispers just emanating from its arm you can't make out any words 
but you feel yourself wincing at the sound of these maddening whispers. And then as I wince, I try to repost and swing again and try to slice some uppercut with my axe. Oh, that's a 26. Roll for damage. That's 15 more damage. Drell, mm-hmm. execute him. Yeah, dude. So I think, um, I think like as the, like, as you said, like I hear like the whispers and it kind of like winces, like it's kind of like not fearful, but I guess Drell doesn't really know what it is. So he's, he's kind of like not freaking out, but he's like caught off guard by it. He kind of just grips his ax a little bit tighter. Um, and I just swing from the bottom of the ghost all the way up, uh, through like the head of the ghost, like out through the, the, the cloud of the, the, the smoke. As you uppercut with this axe, the second your blade, second your blade reaches an exit wound across his head, there is a blinding light that emanates from its body and another shockwave goes out. Everyone make me a dexterity saving throw to maintain your balance. That would be a 19 for me. 14 question um since you know i was prepared with this by attacking him do i get advantage on this no fuck and i fail it's a five as as you slice through this blinding light shines through and it lets out another shockwave similar to the one where he appeared drell as you slice through you get knocked on your ass as you just caught off guard as you know for a fact that you just eviscerated this ghost and then you get knocked forward. Almost minutes, you guys stay on your feet, as well as Treyas. And you hear Drell kind of just under his breath say, it's because I wasn't clenching the glutes. <laughs> and then uh, he like falls over. And we don't see this thing anymore? As you put your hands up to shield your eyes from the blinding light, the smog creature is gone. However, there is another being standing before you. In a place where this ghost was slain is a translucent image of a changeling. Looks similar to Groff, but it is by no means threatening. Does it look like it has any intentions to be aggressive? The ghostly image that stands before you is somewhat calming. And almost as you look at this changeling, you know that whatever curse was bound to it is now freed. The being is standing before you and its eyes are closed and he opens them. And Armos, as you're looking at this changeling, you feel a familiar presence. Who are you? <laughs> what is your name? How do I know you? So, uh, so Minus, you're still on top of the rooftop. Are you joining the crew? I mean, yeah, he kind of shakes himself off as like, doesn't see the smoke thing anymore after being stunned is like oh did we uh drell did we do it do you, you take care of it uh yeah i mean don't i always take care of it by the way how many points is that <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god. god i'll uh, go through my notes later now's not the time <laughs> yeah by the way down. our most taking all those zombies doesn't really count okay uh <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag um, Armos is winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drell, you get up and focus on this being that stands before you. 
And without a doubt, the three of you can confirm that this is a ghost or maybe a passing soul as you just free this being from its curse. The ghost of this changeling opens its eyes and it kind of looks like Groff, but not as tall, not as bulky. And it looks at the people around it, surrounding him. And then looks at Armos. He goes, he speaks in, although he looks young, like his facial features look young, kind of has an old tone to his voice. He goes, almost really been some time, hasn't it? I thought you died. What do you mean? Died from where? All those years ago. I didn't think I'd see you standing before me today. Uh, who, who are you? What happened to you, Hormos? It's your old friend, Yuri. And he smile turns a bit devious. Yuri? I don't recall. Treyas stands up and goes, Vluge? And he looks over, gives Treyas a side eye and smiles more and he goes, Ah, Treyas. Looks like you've won this day. So Armos, he looks at you, and then he looks at Reginald on your shoulder. Reginald goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he wasn't expecting to be looked at right in the eyes. And he goes, and Yuri goes, I see the ritual worked somewhat. How curious. I, I take Reginald and I put him under my, my uh, like arm and kind of protect him with the other hand. Let me see, let me see. He's like trying to get around your hand to like look at us like, why can this guy see me? How can he see me? I have to thank you, almost. For what? Though I crave the power sought through the gem, you've finally freed me. Now you can be with my true savior. Our true savior. What? Who? Who is that? Oh, you know who it is. No, I don't. <laughs> tell me. I need to need answers. Uh, I don't know who it is. You could tell me. This <laughs> like walks over. Drell grips his axe really tight, based on what this guy's about to say. I use I use magic hand and cover up uh uh Menace's mouth so that I can get as much information out of this person as I can, not <laughs> get interrupted. Yuri, what? Who are you? From... How do you know me? Does Thala ring a bell? You have this quick vision of the city of Thalor. The... Where today is known as Thalor's crater. But you also get the vision. You remember yourself in the city of Thalor. Where you were meeting a bunch of hooded figures. And you remember holding a bag of blood shards. This is way before Reginald. This is way before the botched ritual. Right before you met Reginald. And you're walking with your... And, and you remember walking through alleyways. In a hood. With a group of people holding a bag of blood shards. With the intention of doing the ritual. When you met Reginald. And you... That vision expands a little bit more and you look up and you see Yuri in another hood next to you 
just a few feet ahead of you as you're walking in a group and you remember that you were with him. You get this feeling of an alliance, a friendship, maybe a partnership in that moment. And then you come through and you look at him. And he says, as he starts to laugh and his grin becomes a little more devious, he goes, answer me this almost. After all this time, after all the betrayal to me, to the cause, to our savior, did you at least succeed in your goal? What was my goal? He laughs and he goes, <laughs> So I guess you didn't get to save her. He disappears as his corporeal no! form <laughs> eviscerates and ascends. I quickly run over to wherever it was and start looking around frantically like, Damn it! We were about to get all the answers! The presence, the energy, the entity that you felt is completely gone and removed. So, we saved the day after all. So many lives lost. It took several days of construction and cleanup before we felt comfortable leaving Dilmore behind. I found Jube's bandana in the rubble. I spent my nights fashioning it into a symbol of unity. I'm not going to let my friends perish. Not while I'm still breathing. We made plans to head north, and on the last day, we gave it to him. Hey, Reginald. Yeah? I, uh, I kind of made you something. You know, I don't think we, uh, we ever had a proper, like, get together and, uh, you know, hang out. But, uh, listen, I, I want you to know you're, you're a true part of the gang and I don't want you to ever forget that. So, uh, I made you this and he pulls out uh, a patch he made from the green bandana that he took <laughs> since we all have green bandanas. <laughs> he, he walks over. Yeah. He walks over to Reginald and, uh, real quick. We've never kind of decided this, so I did want to decide this before I give this to Reginald. What our gang name was. I was thinking maybe something, it could be something simple like the Oddballs or, oh gosh, something maybe with Armos. What? The Band of Blood Shards? No? <laughs> what do we call the ourselves? Blood Boys. <laughs> no, the Blood Shard Bandits, dude. Blood yeah, Shard Bandits. The Blood Shard oh Bandits. God. So on okay. this patch is written the Blood Shard Bandits, and then I think we pre this is premeditated, and like we all take out our own bandanas and Minus ties his to his like left arm, and his says uh, Blood Shard Bandits, and you guys put them wherever you want to put them, and he writes he like takes this diamond like shard looking patch and sews it into his bandana that he stole from the duck. Reginald is holding the bandana in his hands and he's just looking straight down. You just see the top of his head. Yeah. This, this ugliest demon cry you ever heard in your life. And he looks up at you and he has these big bulging bunny eyes. He goes, it means so much to me. And just a snot and drool and 
and blood dripping from his eyes. <laughs> and he just gives you like the biggest heartwarming hug. And when he finally lets go, there's just a ton of rabbit hair. <laughs> that was really sweet. But then I cocked my head and gross at the same time. <laughs> and uh, here we are now, uh, you know, camping in the forest. Uh, Ready for another adventure. <laughs> but that's all for tonight, journal. How'd I do, Sid? Was that a good journal entry? Sid? Minus. Ah! Oh, oh, this is supposed to be a recap, DM. What are you doing here? <laughs> Minus, you have to listen. This is very important. Yeah. There's no time for tomfoolery. <laughs> Daniel, when you look up from your journal, like an awkward middle child standing at the edge of the forest line, you see Sid staring into the darkness. He walks into the forest. Sid, Sid, get back here. What are you doing? I close the book and I kind of put it down. I look around, kind of tiptoe over Reginald and Armos because I decided to, like, do my journal near them that night. <laughs> Reginald is snoring. You see that Reginald has gotten a little bit fatter as he sleeps and as he snores his biggish belly uh expands just a little bit bigger uh as you can see that he ate a large amount of hay right before you went to sleep that night as you walk closer to the forest's edge where sid just was you start to feel something within you the same calming presence you felt many moons ago as you approach the dark forest you do not feel scared you don't feel worried but you still don't see sid but the closer you go to where Sid was, this presence becomes stronger within you. You walk into the forest and you can see Sid in the middle of a clearing. And in that clearing is where the tree line breaks just above you and the moonlight comes in and it illuminates a nice little area for you to sit in. And you see Sid sitting on like a log that has fallen over. Sid! Sid, what are you doing? It's dangerous out here. As I creep up to him looking around. You see Sid, he's like looking up at the moon and he's just like, you've never seen Sid wander off on his own before. He's always been right next to you and he's always been there for when you needed it. But this is the first time he's actually took the initiative to walk away. And this is where he ended up. And he's looking up at the moon, which is also something he's never done before because he's only ever looking at what you're looking at. He's your familiar. As you approach Sid, that presence inside of you gets stronger and stronger. A tingle can be felt between your horns. And as you feel this tingle, a playful zap sparks between them. From that shock, an indigo light floats down in front of you like a pixie. And it softly bobs before you in between you and Sid. Wait a second. I recognize you. This game attack isn't over. And I try and like grab a pixie. <laughs> <laughs> so this... This ball of indigo light bobs and weaves out of your grasp, just like a pixie does, but it doesn't make those little giggles like a pixie did that one time. It's just like maneuvering and like trying to get your attention. And then as you go to take like your last grab at it, it like settles before you. The indigo light floats towards Sid. Sid's blue essence now becomes indigo. At that same moment, the little Sid start to roll out from your pant leg and roll and form together. Floating before you is a rock face of a friendly minotaur made up of all these little Sids glowing with this radiant indigo light. 
Minus looks around. He's like very confused. <laughs> he kind of just walks up and like pokes the rock. Well, it's nice to see you again, Minus. Oh, Melora! Ah, <laughs> I should have known it was you. Well, what what are you doing here? I've been watching over you since we last spoke. I believe it's time we spoke once again. I gotta be honest, I'm uh very relieved to see you, Melora. I've been uh I don't know how to say this, but uh, it's just I don't know, been rough. I've been struggling with so much. I I just wish I could help my friends more. You know, I'm I'm good at fighting. I'm I, I like to think I've been pretty helpful to the group, but I feel like I've let so many people die. You see the Minotaur face nod solemnly to your words. Oh, you have been very helpful to your companions and your friends. And in this short time since we've last spoke, I've seen that you've witnessed so much loss, so much suffering. And in those moments, your connection to me, to us, has grown stronger. Well, uh, I hope so. We're, we're good friends, Melora. I, I would hope our connection's getting stronger as our friendship grows. <laughs> uh, I just wish there was more I could do. Minus, as you walk through life, you're going to be faced with hardships. And some hardships may come swifter and harsher than what other people will face or will ever face. You are going to be confronted with obstacles and hurdles that nobody should ever come across. At times, they're going to seem unfair. And at times, you're going to feel punished. And there are going to be times where you're going to call out to me for help. And there will be times where I may not be there to help you. But know that these trials and these obstacles are not there for you to conquer. They're there because those who suffer from, the, from these trials need your help. And you are there for a reason because you're the answer to their prayers, whether they realize it or not. But know that when you come across these opportunities to take them all head on and know that the forest and the light will always be on your side that's great to know but i i just gotta ask you melora i i'm not sure what to do i need help i need more power i i'm not sure what it is but i just i wish i had the power to help my friends more so that's why i'm here tonight that's why I've asked Sid to bring you here. I am here to grant you my power, my blessing. Starting at tomorrow's dawn, you will be granted some of my power. In my name and in our bond, you will be able to help your companions, people who need you the most. Oh, um, what? He kind of walks closer. I gotta be honest, Melora. I'm a little confused. What does that mean? I, I get like... Uh, uh, like a, a new sword. Uh, like you're gonna give me a, a a card that like gives me lo lots of good like constructive criticism on ways I can improve. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to turn to a game show host so bad. Well, let's find out. Minutes. Okay. <laughs> Look behind tree number one. <laughs> she goes. I I don't want to be too cliche when I say it'll dawn upon you. But sure enough, 
when the sun rises, you will be granted new abilities. Well, if you look behind you, there will be your tool. Minus looks behind him. What do I see? Behind you on the log where you and Sid were sitting, there's this amber-hued feather. The feather is quite large, and it almost looks like a phoenix feather, or what you think a phoenix feather might look like, but when you hold it, it you can kind of hold it between two hands. It feels fragile, but it is radiant in this magical orange-amber energy. When you hold it, it feels, it feels heavy in its presence, but it, it is, quite frankly, light as a feather physically. But you know that the, the symbolic meaning behind this relic is truly extraordinary. This feather will act as your, as your holy relic to use your new clerical powers, as you now have one level in cleric. Yes! Yes, let's get it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, Minus, Minus picks up the feather and kind of like, um, kind of sticks it into his mohawk. So it's almost like a streak through his mohawk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Is this like the 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 clerkics that I hear about? How, how, so how do I use this power? Uh, how, how do I use my abilities? And as you turn around for Melora's response, you don't see her anymore. And it's just Sid sitting on a patch of grass, looking at you under the moonlight, going me. And he has his normal blue color instead of that indigo color. Oh, you just turned into Sid now. That's cool. Uh, so, Melora, how do I do this? Me. Wait a second. Melora. Me me. But Sid, where'd she go? You were watching her, right? You were supposed to be watching her. Me 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 me. You're literally me. a part of her, Sid. Me. Come on. Me. All right. Well, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Me me. He kicks a rock. Like, he kicks an even <laughs> smaller rock. <laughs> You're supposed to be watching her. <laughs> Minus, when you put this um, feather in your hair, like in your mohawk, you notice that it becomes brighter and it is, and it is now a part of you. It has, it like, accepted your essence and it gets really bright for a second and, like, the area around you becomes dimly lit for, like, like a 20-foot radius. Oh, that's cool. And as you're like, you're like, like at all at the light around you, you realize you can control it where you can kind of shut it on and off. But the feather is always emanating light. And it looks like it's warm, but it does not create any heat in it. Wait, say the last part again. So... With, well, as you're like at awe with the light around you, you can after a few moments you can you come to the realization that you can control the light where you can kind of turn the light on and off. However, even if the light is not if the feather's not emanating any light, the feather itself will always be glowing. Cool. Cool, cool. So if you're in pitch blackness and you're like trying to hide, there the feather will be shown through the shroud. That makes sense to you. Gotcha. Yes. Well, Sid, uh, you know, this is a, a big step in our journey, huh, bud? Me. Me, 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 me. <laughs> uh, you always knew how to lighten the mood. All right, Sid, let's get to bed, huh? We've got a big journey ahead of us. <laughs> As he's walking with you, he gives that a little audible yawn where he's like, meh. 
And tell you what, when we get back to the tent, I'm really tired. But I'll even read you a bedtime story about Umbrea's heroes and the Sidget College members. Sound good? <laughs> That's right. It's time to shout out our Patreon subscribers. Starting with our Sidget College alumni. First is Ulrich Shield Dust. This blacksmith spent many sleepless nights helping Dilmore get back to working order after catastrophic events burned the city to the ground. Ulrich helped many citizens build their homes and forged many new tools for Dilmore's first responders. He was offered a position at the Red Guard, but turned it down as he is currently mourning over the death of his jazzy friend, Chet. That's sad. Next is Alara Dawnstar, a monk of the Astral Cranes of the Copper Mountains, who just took her first rest day in five years from her workout routine to go help the citizens of Dilmore in any way possible. Citizens were in awe as she hammered in nails with her fists. I heard she made friends with an enthusiastic blacksmith who told them tales of the Bloodshard Bandits. Artemis is new to the Sigic College crew. Uh, well, they don't go to the college, rather work security there. But congratulations on the new job. We'll see how long this one lasts as Artemis has been seen, you know, bouncing from job to job. <laughs> I heard they just broke up a fight in the mess hall after a halfling boy made fun of a goblin girl whose parents were lost recently in a card explosion. How tragic. Also new to the Sigic College alumni is Julius Kendrick. Not much is known about this man other than rumors connecting him to dangerous cults and black magic. I don't know why, but I have a bad feeling about this new supporter. Next are Humbrea's heroes. We're going to start with Pascal Elliott, or Charcoal Darts as she's known as in the art community. Pascal took days off from her commission work to paint walls in the streets of Dilmore after hearing about what went down. Her art brought new life to the rebuilt version of the Knots. Children were enthralled by her magical moving paintings, and after a few extra days teaching their youth to paint, Pascal went back home to settle a copyright dispute after someone by the name of Just Inberger used her art without permission to advertise for their improv show. Now it is man with glass. Once a legendary glass blower, now infamous rogue has been locked up for stealing hundreds of artificers tools in Humbrea. Well, they were locked up before blowing a hole in the wall with a destructive potion that he had slipped by security. If you know where man with glass is, please contact the red guard with any and all information. Alex Judge Dredd was last seen brawling in the Kambuki fighting pits. He was kicked out, however, after jumping in the ring to beat up a contestant who was fighting dirty. Witnesses report Dredd shouting things like, You have fought your last battle, and How do you like getting sand in your eyes? After pile driving the poor guy into the ground. Yikes. Joshua Weaver was indeed imprisoned after stealing tons and tons of wool north of the border, but was recently released. See, last time I thought it was one or the other, it's actually both. Apparently, after seeing the bag Josh made with all the wool that he stole, Lord Baron was so impressed, he hired Joshua on the spot to work in his labs. I wonder what kind of magical bags he's working on now. 
But anyways, that's all for this week's supporters. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, that would be patreon.com slash dnd404. There are lots of fun little perks you get, and it really is the best way to help our podcast because it goes to the editing cost, and that's about it. None of it has gone back to us, but that's okay because it helps us do what we love. That's all for today. (laughs) 